Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, tonight, um, you're, you, you rarely get a, a seasonal message from the pulpit around here, but I tried my best every once in a while to take care of that obligation for him. So tonight we'll have a seasonal message. <laughs> We're going to be talking about Thanksgiving tonight. You know, and, and, you know, for the believer, for the church of the living God, we don't have one day to, be, to, to, to call Thanksgiving. Every day of our lives should be a day of thanksgiving. But, you know, in the United States, we've set aside a particular day that we call thanksgiving. And there's always times when I wonder, you know, what people are, you know, they have just made it into a day to eat lots of food and watch a lot of ball games and be off work and, and that kind of stuff. And they don't really realize what that day was always meant to be about. You know, it was meant to, to be a day that we set aside to actually thank the Lord for all of his blessings. You know, I, I even, you know, just as a funny story, I had a, a dermatologist one time in Gainesville. He's retired, and he, he may have already, you know, passed away by now. I don't know. He was Jewish. And I think on my very first visit to him, he was a very, very congenial man. You just, I loved him, and I hated when he retired. But he said to me, he said, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. And I said, because he'd already regaled me with all the stories of all of his grandkids and everything. Because he told, you know, he's got a whole wall full of his grandkids' pictures. As soon as you walk in, he tells you, that, that's my grandkids. And I'm going, yeah, you're a typical grandparent. You know, you got a captive audience with your patients here. But anyway, after he got through telling me about his grandkids, you know, then he said, Thanksgiving is my very favorite holiday. And I said, oh, yeah, why? He goes, because I can get the whole family together in one place and not have to buy anybody anything. <laughs> I thought, now, there's, that sounds like a Jew, for sure. <laughs> but he was a sweetheart. He really was. But you know what? We, you know, we, we can take opportunities all the time you know, to be thankful. It's not just a once-a-year thing. But we have an opportunity during this season to tell people why we're thankful and why we count it a blessing to be born again, to serve God. You know, and I, uh, I sometimes wonder people say, well, you, you know, it's time to be thankful. But I want to say, well, what are you thankful for and who are you thankful to? You know, to be thankful, you have to be thankful towards something or somebody. And yet so many people don't want to acknowledge God as being the source of good things. But, you know, I, I went around and I was thinking, I, I had this Thanksgiving message from a few years ago that I had pulled out, and by the time I got through with it, with it today, it was to, it's totally different. So I had to go back and rename it, Thanksgiving Message 2018, and so, I, so I wouldn't get the two confused. But, you know, it came to my mind as I was going through some things today that there's a, there's a plaque, a Christian plaque, you know, well, I'm maybe not just Christian, but it's, you've seen it lots of places on little signs, little slogans, little refrigerator magnets, and it says, thankful, grateful, blessed. Anybody seen that? You know, and I, I thought, oh, that's really great. That's, you know, it's just, it's wonderful. It's not offensive to anybody. Nobody can take issue with that, I don't think. You know, there are people who can take issue with anything. But anyway, it says thankful, grateful, and blessed. And I thought, you know what? I, I need to look at those three words. And so I started looking them up. And I got definitions for all three of them. And then I thought, 
you know what? The order of that's all wrong. It's absolutely, totally wrong. It should start out blessed, grateful, thankful. So let's talk about it. Blessed. This is according to Webster. Blessed means divinely or supremely favored. Grateful means warmly or deeply appreciative of kindness or benefits received. Thankful indicates a disposition to express gratitude by giving thanks. But there's a fourth word that should be added in here now, and that is thanksgiving. And what does thanksgiving mean? The act of giving thanks. And I like this part of this definition so much. A public, listen to that, a public celebration in acknowledgement of divine favor or kindness. So we're going to go back and talk about each one of these, these words. Blessed. You know, we need to acknowledge the blessings of the Lord in our lives every single day. We all know Psalm 103. Go over there. Psalm 103. You can probably quote it, but we're going to look at it because I don't want you to get it wrong. I want you to firmly establish it. You know, this is one of those verses, the first few verses of this chapter that you really need to just keep in mind all the time. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. All his benefits. Sometimes we don't really really get down into the nitty-gritty of really acknowledging all his benefits in our lives. David goes on and he lays out some of them. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. You know, that's just a, that's just a I think like a big headline of what his blessings are. But you know, there's so many more. And you know, when I read this and it says, in verse 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. David was careful to say forget not because as human beings, we have a tendency to forget those things. We have a tendency to lay them aside, take them for granted, don't we? I mean, we're all human, and, and I know this is what happens. Every good thing that comes into our lives, if it stays consistent in our lives, after a while, we, become, we begin to take it for granted. And we forget that we didn't always walk in that blessing. We didn't always walk in the, in the blessing of that particular benefit. We weren't always aware of those benefits. I don't know about you, but I grew up not being aware of a lot of the benefits that I know about now. And I bet you most of you weren't either. I mean, unless you were born and raised in a church like this where we talk about his benefits all the time around here, you know, most of us grew up not having any understanding of the great blessing it is to serve God. 
the great blessing it is to just have him in our lives of all that he's provided for us, all that he does for us, all that he initiates in our lives and all the ways he puts bless, puts us into places of blessing. And I mean, he just, he leads you in blessings all the time. And yet we fail sometimes to be aware of the blessings that are happening all around us. Sometimes it's almost like we have a spiritual Alzheimer's condition going on. You know, and you have to kind of knock yourself upside the head every once in a while. Because honestly, you know, if we're not careful, when life is, is throwing some curves at us, all we'll see is what's going wrong. And we'll forget about all the blessings. You know, the children of Israel, when they, when they, when they had a great victory, they had this habit uh, they would stop and they would make some kind of a memorial right there at this particular site of victory. There was a pile of stones, you know, or something. So that any time they came by that way, it reminded them of a blessing. It reminded them of a victory. You know, there are times when we honestly ought to do that. We ought to keep ourselves a list. Wouldn't it be interesting if we could all sit down, you know, with a journal and start writing out blessings that we've seen and victories that we've had. I mean, I know you would start with the big things because those are the things that become to mind most obvious to you. You would start, you would write those things down. You would write these big things that, that happened in your lives, times when God delivered you, times when he, when he blessed you with something huge, uh, times when he healed you, times when he, when he brought maybe your wonderful spouse to be into your life. You know, there's all those kind of things. We would write those down. But I'm telling you what, there are such endless and countless blessings in our lives every single day that we just, we just kind of pass over, that we don't stop and acknowledge that that's God at work in my life. He is doing something rich and wonderful every single day for me. And yet we'll tend to focus on everything that's going wrong instead of everything that's going right. You ever met somebody I called Negative Nelly? I mean, that glass is not, it's not even half empty. It's just all the way empty as far as they're concerned. You know, it could be this much from the top and they would still see it as empty. And you just go sometimes, what, you know, what? What? Do you not, do you not know that God is your God, your Father, that Jesus is your Lord, that you have been guaranteed eternal life? Instead, you're focusing on such natural things all around you, and that is impacting your life more than the eternal reality of what God has done for you, is doing for you, and will do for you. And so the children of Israel, they had this habit of just, you know, making these little places. Wouldn't it? I, just, I just encourage you sometimes just to sit down and just begin to thank God for all big things, small things, medium things, little tiny things, little things that, that wouldn't mean anything to anybody but you. I mean, I told you the story a few weeks ago about how when we were, we were just here maybe about a year and we were living out in Gilchrist County and, even, you know, somebody once made a joke about Gilchrist County and said, that county is so poor the rabbits have to bring their lunch with them when they come. But, you know, we were living out there. We had to bicycle three miles down the road, you know, to the mailbox. And, and I was just, I had just, I just, I was just complaining to the Lord. I mean, it just, you know, 
does this ever get any easier? I mean, does anything ever change? I mean, are we ever going to get anywhere? Is it always going to be this way? So I went to the mailbox that day, and an old friend of mine had sent this envelope. Seen it just had just my name on it, and and in it was twenty bucks. Now twenty bucks might not be a lot of money, but in nineteen eighty one, that was that was pretty substantial as far as I was concerned, you know. And for some people today, twenty bucks is a big deal. But anyway, there was twenty bucks in that envelope, and she wrote in there. She said. The Lord told me to send this, and he told me to, to, to put in here, this is just for Angela. You know, so I had to shut my mouth and repent. I mean, I told you that a few weeks ago. I had to repent for, be, for being so whiny and just being so, you know, just mm, grumbly-mouthed about everything. But, you know, it's just one of those things. And I thought, God, in your, in your mercy, in your tender, loving mercy, you had somebody that would do that just so you could speak to my heart and say, I've not forgotten about you. You know, I'm taking care of you. Don't worry. It's going to be fine. It's just a season. I'm going to, say, to me, that, you, you might think that's a little thing, but to me it was a huge thing that God actually had me in mind. Listen, God's got you in mind every single day. And sometimes you don't see him because you're not looking for him. Mm-hmm. We're looking at everything else, but we're not looking for him. We're not looking at him. But Genesis twenty-two seventeen says, he told Abraham this. He said, in blessing, I will bless you. In Genesis twenty-two eighteen, he said, in you, I'll see all the nations of, in your seed, will all the nations of the earth be blessed. And Genesis 12, 3, he said, I will bless them that bless you. You know, there's, there's two reasons for the blessing that is in your life. Number one, it's for you to experience and enjoy God's blessings. And number two, it's for you to be a conduit of God's blessings to others. You know, his blessing should not stop at us. It's not supposed to stop at us. You know, he told him, he said, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because of you. And he said, I'll bless them that bless you. you. You know, you're blessed in your job because of you. Your job is blessed because of you. The company you work for is blessed because of you. They're supposed to see blessing in you. If you were to leave, they should know the difference when you leave. They should be able to see the difference in that company because you're not there anymore. And I bet you there are some of you who have maybe had past jobs that you could tell. You were there to bless them. How do you mean bless them? Well, you know, part of it is when you go to work, if you're going to be a conduit of God's blessing, you go into your job praying for your company, praying for your boss, praying for your owner, praying for your supervisor, praying for your coworkers. That's how you can extend the blessing of God into that company. Not going in there grumbling, complaining, being hard to get along with, not doing your job as well as you could, not going the extra mile. See, your company may not, and your employer may not expect the extra mile out of you, but God does. God does. He does all things well, not halfway. He does all things well. But they'll be blessed because of you, and when you leave, they should be able to tell the difference because you're not there unless 
your influence has been extensive enough that you've brought other people into the same life of blessing that you enjoy and they can carry on your duty in that position with you gone. Now, that's really the way it ought to be. You sh- a, b- a company's blessing shouldn't depend on one person because one person ought to go into a job situation and create two. And they should be able to, to multiply the, the people of God in that place so that there's always going to be a continual flow. See, God, I've seen times when God has blessed a company just for the sake of the righteous. Just for the sake of the righteous. Maybe the employer himself wasn't a godly man or the owner of the company wasn't necessarily a godly man. But God will still bless that company because of the righteous that work there. So, you know, you have to guard what you say even when you think, I don't work for a godly man. Guard your words. You just begin to say, God, bless him. You bless him because you're blessing me. I want that blessing to spill over from me into him because ultimately that blesses me back. Hallelujah. Well, I didn't mean to get on that, but okay, that's all right. In Deuteronomy 28, go over there. Here the children of Israel have been told about blessings. And they operated in these blessings. They looked forward to these blessings. They depended on these blessings. They knew these blessings belonged to them. Just starting in verse 1 of chapter 28, and it shall come to pass if you'll hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God to observe and to do all his commandments which I command you this day, that the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you if you will hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, and blessed and the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your cattle, and the increase of your kind, and the flocks of your sheep. Blessed shall be your basket in your store. Blessed shall you be when you go in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord shall cause your enemies to rise up against you, to be smitten before your face. They shall come out one way against thee, and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command his blessings upon you in, the, in your storehouses and in all that you set your hand to. And he shall bless you in the land which the Lord thy God has given you. You can take those verses and you can translate those, those verses into modern English. What applies to us today? It may not be cattle. It may not be kind. But he'll bless you. You take those and you translate that into, into the things of today. And you just see how blessed you can be. These were blessings that were laid out for the children of Israel, but they belonged to us as well. God hasn't changed his mind about blessing his people, and we have become his people. We are the seed of Abraham. So these blessings spoken to the, to the children of Israel who were the seed of Abraham, they belong to us. These are all natural blessings. See, God wants to bless us in every area of our lives. We need to see ourselves as blessed in every single area that we, that we exist in in, here, in in our lives, whether it's, whether it's physically, whether it's mentally, emotionally, relationships and jobs and children and finances, no matter what it is. He, he intends for us to be blessed. And then you go over to Ephesians. Ephesians 1, 3. Hallelujah. Paul's talking to the people of Ephesus, and he says, Blessed be the Lord God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us 
with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. I've gotten in, written in, in the margin of my Bible from another translation. It says, he's blessed us with everything that heaven enjoys. Wow. He's already blessed us with everything that heaven enjoys. I mean, put your mind to work on that. I mean, just begin to think, what does heaven enjoy? And those are my blessings? I can enjoy those now. Yes, he intends for you to enjoy those now. Um, let's see, Second Peter 1.3, you're not too far away. Second Peter 1.3. It says, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and virtue. He's given unto us all things, all things that pertain to life, this life and the one to come. I mean, how much more blessed can we get? He's provided for natural blessings. He's provided for spiritual blessings. He's provided so that we can, we can enjoy everything that heaven enjoys. Everything belongs to us. You know, that, that verse says that he's given unto us. Well, there's another, the amplified version of that says that he has bestowed upon us. He's bestowed this upon you. I mean, he's just poured it out on you. To bestow something on somebody means you just gave it to them. They didn't have to do anything to earn it. They didn't have to do anything to maintain it. He's bestowed. He's just, he just here it is. Thank you. Go, go. Just let me pour it out on you. Take it. Take it. And yet we sit here and say, oh, God, why don't you do something for me? He's already done it. He's already done it. You know, we just have to get to the place where we, number, number one, understand it. Number two, receive it. And number three, walk in it. Amen. So blessed. Our blessings no longer depend on any kind of works, but it depends strictly on relationship. Our relationship with him guarantees the blessings that he has bestowed upon us. So let's move on to grateful. You know, we don't, we're never grateful for things that we don't value. You have, to, you have to put some value on something to be grateful for something. You know, and if we don't recognize the fact that God paid a heavy price to provide the things he's given for us, how can we be grateful for what he's done for us? You know, if um, someone gives you a gift and you don't recognize the value of that gift... That gift is worthless. It's meaningless to you. You know, sometimes, I mean, you know, just in, in raising kids, you know, sometimes they'd bring home these, these, little, these little things, you know, and here, Mama, I made this for you. We had the lady that we bought our house from, the first house we ever bought in High Springs. This house was... You know, it was a nice house, and it was a house we'd been believing God to, to own. And so, uh, so after a couple of years, we actually did own it. And the uh, interesting thing was this house, it was a long, it was just a rectangular house, a long rectangle. I loved that house. You know, we were there for 19 years. The attic of this house was like, I don't know, how tall was it in the middle? 
about eight to ten feet, somewhere along in there, and it was completely floored in the entire length of that house. And I thought, oh my, I do not have a storage issue because there was this big old attic fan at the end that kept that attic cool in the hot months so I could put candles, I could put anything up there, and it was just fine. It wouldn't melt. Not a problem. But... These folks were the kind, they were, what they were doing was they were building a house and they, they were, he was kind of, he was a teacher, but he was a builder on the side. They'd, they'd build a house, they'd move into it for two years, they'd sell it, and while they were building another one, then they'd, they'd go on to the next house and they would repeat this process. So anyway, when they, when they left and they actually moved out, um, she said, do you mind if I leave some things in the attic? I went, oh, I don't have enough to fill that up. That's fine. No problem. So when they finally came to, to get all the stuff out of the attic, because they weren't quite finished with the next house they were building, uh, I went up there to just, just lend a hand, and I thought, oh, my goodness. They had one child who was uh, high school age, and they had surprised had another baby just a couple of years before. Like, I mean, there was lots of years in between these babies. So anyway, she had all these boxes up there, and I'm thinking, oh, my heavens, I mean, what in the world is all this stuff? So I got to looking at them, and they were all nicely labeled. David's kindergarten papers. David's first grade papers. David's second grade. She had kept everything he had ever brought home from school. I'm thinking, this woman placed great value on this stuff. To have kept it all of these years. And she's still going to keep it. Now, if that had been me, the dumpster would be outside and I'd have tossed it. <laughs> but she had great, she, to her, it had great value. And she was grateful for every one of those little, you know, things that you couldn't possibly understand what it said or what it was if he had drawn a picture. I mean, what, what is that, honey? Oh, it's an elephant. Oh, okay. <laughs> If you say so. <laughs> but she valued those things. You know, sometimes people will give us something and we don't, we don't value it. We just kind of go, oh, all right. But we don't know what it costs them to provide that gift to us. It's not the gift so much as it is what they put into it. You know, sometimes we'll get a gift and immediately we think, oh, I'm giving this away to the next chance I get. That's not being grateful. That's not, that's not valuing what somebody did, the resources they used, the time they may have put into it. You know, that's not being grateful. Listen, sometimes we do that to God. We don't realize sometimes. We don't take stock of the, the value of something. We think it's just a little thing. God paid as much for the little things as he did the big things. And we need to be grateful for every little blessing that comes into our lives because of the value that's on it. You know, being grateful for his blessings, being consciously grateful. You know, this, the, the definition I gave you a while ago said, warmly or deeply appreciative of kindness or benefits received. We need to feel that way about God and everything that he's done for us and everything that he provides for us. Every single day. His benefits aren't going to change. You, you change, you go from company to company in the job world. 
Everybody's got different benefits. God's got one set of benefits. They'll never change. And his benefits will always keep going and keep going and keep going. They don't run out. He doesn't say, well, I've changed the plan. This year we're not going to have this kind of a 401k. We're going to give you a different 401k. No, his benefits are always the same. Always the same. His benefits are the material for this life, but they're eternal in the next. Absolutely eternal. Um, now let's go on to thankful. Thankful indicates a disposition to express gratitude by giving thanks. You know, some people have no disposition to be thankful. They're not grateful, so they're not thankful. It's amazing to me when I, I see people who are given something, somebody blessed them with something, and this is a pet peeve of mine, so y'all just give me a minute while I get on my soapbox. It amazes me sometimes, especially when I play mailman around here, and I, and I deliver a blessing to somebody, and they never even take the time to write a thank you card and say, Pastor Angela, please return this to the wonderful person who blessed me. Ooh, it's quiet. happens all the time. It's amazing when people give you a gift and you don't thank them. How long does it take to sit down and write a thank you card? All it has to do is, I appreciate the gift so much. That is, I appreciate the gift. I appreciate the gift so much. Six words and sign your name. What does it take? Let me tell you what. If God treated, if, if we treated God like that, I, I, I'm always amazed at his willingness to continue to bless us when we're never thanking him for what he's done for us. Because personally, on a natural level, I can tell you that for most people, they give you something and you don't express some kind of thanks or something, they're not going to bless you again. Thank God he's not that way. But it would behoove us to be thankful enough to tell him about it. It would, as a natural person, it would behoove you to thank whoever blessed you so that the blessings will keep flowing. Seeing how can, how can God ask somebody to keep giving you something and keep blessing you materially if you never say thank you to the person he was able to use? You're, you're, hel you're not helping you're not helping God do his job. His job is to keep you well supplied. But is he going to ask somebody to supply you when you aren't grateful and you can't even take the time to say thank you? Soapbox over. Sorry. I just had to get that out. Sorry. Listen, the more thankful we are for what God's done for us, the more we're going to, to see in the word of how much bigger his blessings are than what we even realize today. There is a way that we'll be able to, to have our spiritual eyes opened to the more that he's got for us. Pastor was talking about Sunday, that, that scripture that we got to the how much more. Listen, there's a how much more for us to walk in. Yeah. 
We have no idea how much more God has for us. But I'm telling you what, if, we get, if we'll stay in a place and an attitude of, of being thankful and being disposed to be grateful and express that, then God will open up so much more to us. And that, and that, whole, that whole so much more becomes a reality in our lives. I'm telling you what, I, I, I'm, I'm just amazed, you know, sometimes at the things God does for me, the things that he just blesses me with. And, I, and, and once you begin to see, see, the thing about it is once you begin to see it, then you'll begin to expect it. He wants you to expect more. Until you begin to expect more, you won't see more. We go, sometimes people go through life, they don't have anything because they don't expect anything. Oh, I never get blessed. Nobody ever blesses me. I see other people getting blessed. I see other people getting jobs. I see other people getting new houses. I see other people getting better cars. I see other people having somebody come into their lives. They get, they get a spouse. They get a girlfriend. I don't ever get anything. Well, you know what? You're not expecting much, are you? If, as long as you keep saying that, that's what you're, exactly what you're going to get. But I'm telling you what, a thankful heart will open doors that you have not seen open before. And when you do, you're going to look in and you're going to see the much more. The much more that's on the other side of that door. And I want the much more. I mean, I got blessed last night. I was, you know, it was just a situation on the, that I had on the phone. I was trying to buy some, some airplane tickets, you know, for California for, for January. I got my tickets, thank you. Uh, but anyway, I was trying to buy some tickets, and I'm just going, because a couple weeks ago, I looked, and they were like out of sight. I'm going, no, I think I was born part Jewish, because I ain't paying that. <laughs> Not paying that, not paying that. So I just said, no, I just, I'm just going to wait. So I get online last night, and I went, okay, they have come down considerably. Yes, I can do that. And by the time I got over there and actually booked it, the price had gone down another 200 bucks. I went, yes! See, why, why would we not expect that? Why, I mean, thank you, Jean. I mean, I was ready to jump up and down. I was so happy. You know, then we had another issue with something else, and this lady, I got on the phone with her, and she helped straighten it all out, and it was just like, wow. I was like, man, I've had a productive hour here at the office. Yes. <laughs> Listen, you should have a productive hour every day. Every hour of every day should be a productive hour because God's blessing is upon it. God's blessing is in it, and I am thankful for it. I need to, I need to indicate a disposition to thank him for every little thing he does. Little right on up to big. I, just, just be thankful for it. Hallelujah. Now, let's move on to Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, I told you the, the definition of this was, I like this one, the act of giving thanks. Okay, yeah, the act of giving thanks. But a public celebration in acknowledgement of divine favor or goodness. I'm going to go through some scriptures. I won't read them all. Um, the fact is, if, I, if, I, if I'm good, I might even have you out a few minutes early. We'll take that off of next week, too, if I do that. And we'll tack it on, I should say, to next week. No, next week we're not having church. Ah, you're off the hook. <laughs> Two weeks from now I'll tack it on if we get out early. How about that? Psalm 26.7 talks about the voice of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving has a voice. It has a voice. 
Psalm 50 verse 14 talks about offering unto God thanksgiving. Psalm 69 verse 30 says, I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Psalms 147.7 says, sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Jonah 2 verse 9 again talks about the voice of thanksgiving. 2 Corinthians, I want you to go there. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 15. It says, are you there yet? Now, you know, I read from the old King James. A lot of times I'll stop with a the and I'll, I'll say you, even though it's, you know, it's not whether King James reads, but I, I just can't make myself go to a new King James yet. Uh, anyway, uh, chapter 4, verse 15. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. You think, what does redound mean? Well, here's another translation. It's in the New English Bible says, the greater may be the chorus of thanksgiving that ascends to the glory of God. The chorus of thanksgiving. I like that. To me, a chorus involves more than one person. You know, and, and here, if you read in the context, it's talking about more than one person. More than one person. All things are for your sakes. So he's talking to more than one person. And, and the New English Bible says, the chorus of thanksgiving that ascends to the glory of God. Genuine thanksgiving ascends to the glory of God. Genuine thanksgiving. You know, we can say thank you and not really have our heart in it. To people, we can say thank you to God and our heart's not in it. I see it every Sunday, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. If you're on the platform, which I was for so many years, I think the praise and worship people can tell you there's a lot of people who are singing the songs, but their heart's not in it. True thanksgiving ascends to the glory of God. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 11 says being enriched in everything to all bountifulness that could be can translate either liberality or generosity. Being enriched in everything to all generosity, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. This is, this, is a, this is a physical thing we're doing here. Philippians 4, 6 talks about, with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. Colossians 2, 7 says, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Now, I want you to go with me to Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7. We're going to go to verses 11 and 12. It says, And all the angels stood around about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts, and fell before the throne on their faces, worshiping God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might 
be unto our God forever and ever. They're saying that in heaven. We need to be saying that on earth. We need to be saying blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Listen, we need to become more thankful than ever in our lives. It needs to become such a part of our lives. Some people say, well, it's just a, you know, it's just a habit. Listen, if it's a good habit, it's a good thing. We need to just become so, so ready to be thankful to God. It, needs, it just needs to become a part of us that we genuinely, honestly, truly, and often say, thank you, Father. I just think it's not a quiet thing. It's a personal thing. Nobody can offer thanksgiving to the Father but you for your life. God didn't put that in, in play that somebody could be thankful for you. You need to be personally thankful and express your thanksgiving to him. And it's not a private matter. It's a personal matter. It's not private. It shouldn't be, well, I've got a song in my heart. No, no. If there was a real song in your heart, everybody would hear it. What's in here should be coming out of here. If it's not coming out of here, it's not in here. It's personal. It's not private. How do we let ourselves come into a service? And, and, and the music starts up. And us come in and we stand in our place, wherever that place might be, whether you're sitting over here today or over here tomorrow or whatever, wherever you're sitting. How can we come into a service without an understanding of what we're here to do? How can we come in here without acknowledging thanksgiving to God? How can people stand with their hands on the seat in front of them just kind of watch everybody else and maybe sing. And they never do this. They never close their eyes. they just kind of watching everybody, looking around, singing, going through the motions of singing the song, you know. They've memorized the song. They don't even have to think about it. It just kind of comes. No understanding of what you're here for. No understanding of what this is all about. No reality that this is an opportunity we have to express our thanksgiving to the one who gave all for us, who's done everything for us, who has laid out an abundance in front of us. You know, we look at a Thanksgiving table, and it's just full of food. Of course, maybe your table's not big enough, so you put it all on the counter. I don't care. You know, but you, you come in, it's Thanksgiving dinner, and somebody says, it's time to eat. And so we all go rushing in there, you know, and the place is just covered with food. And sometimes when, by the time we get through, it's still covered with food. We've made so much. Listen, that's the table God has set before us. It's a table that's been spread before us that's covered with all manner of good things that he wants us to enjoy. And when we're done enjoying it for the moment, there's still plenty on the table. 
How do we come in here and not understand that it's a time and an opportunity to lift up holy hands and to praise God and to offer the sacrifice of praise and to thank him for everything he's doing instead of standing here only concerned about what's going on outside these doors. What's going on inside these doors should overcome what's going on out there. It should take precedence over what's going on out there. It should take precedence over what the enemy's trying to bombard our minds with. This is the place where we walk in and we say, I'm not thinking about that. I'm not going there. I'm not going to let you ruin this service for me. I'm not going to do it. And then turn our attention to the one who's laid out the table and said, come, enjoy, come and dine, come and be blessed, come and fill up. Woo. It's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. We just thank you. We just thank you. We just thank you. Hallelujah. Listen, if you have to, if you have to get up on Sunday morning and, and from the time you get up or on the way from the time you leave the house, start rehearsing the blessings that you've, that you've seen in just the last few days. By the time you get here, the reality of that should be so big in you that you walk through these doors ready to praise him, ready to give thanksgiving, to ready to really be grateful, a heart that truly is grateful, who acknowledges and understands the cost of these things and what he's done for us and how he's provided for us. My heavens, stop saying, I can't. Stop saying, I don't know, and just begin to praise him. I'm telling you what, there's things that will open up to you like nobody's business. I'm telling you, it is, it is, he just wants to lay it out before you. It's a, when you come in, it's a place of thanksgiving. It's a place of provision. It's a place of answers. It's a place of peace. It's a place where you can get anything that you want to get. But your choice is yours. Your thanksgiving is personal, but it's not private. This is the place to begin to express it. You express it here. You go out. You can express it out there. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.